Welcome to Island Baptist Church. Bill's lesson today is in Luke chapter 11, titled, Pray Boldly, Part 3. Well, y'all, this is not our first rodeo. I know a lot of y'all, this is your first time ever to Beach Reach. Some of you are sophomores, never been to Beach Reach, because we've had two years of a hiatus because of, well, because of, I'm sure you know. We are um, Island Baptist Church. This is not where we meet normally, but we do meet once a year here. We have been meeting here once a year for a long time. Uh, for a while now at least. Uh, this is uh, now our 37th beach reach at Island Baptist Church. So, yeah. We've done one or two. And uh, this is my 21st beach reach. So 21 of these things. So I've seen a number of you. And some of your leaders were some of you uh, when I first came here. So this is, this is a special special thing for us. It's a special blessing. It's a great opportunity. We've seen so God do such great things through young people like you over the years. And we're going to believe he's, he did this past week, the group that was here. He's going to do that again through y'all. And uh, so we're very excited about that. We're very excited about the things God's going to do. A lot of people have been called into ministry through Beach Reach. So be ready for God to do something in your life. Uh, or let me just go ahead and say it. You're already called in ministry. Just... Whatever, whatever, that, whatever that is, whatever vein that is, that's totally up to God. But it's not up to God, or I shouldn't say, I should say it is up to God. Uh, but it's not up to you to decide whether you're called to ministry. You're a Christian, you're called to ministry, period. Just, just settle with that. Just get it 100% uh, down with that. So we're going to be studying the Bible together. Of course, that's what we do, because the Bible is the only thing that we go by. We don't go by anything else. We don't care what you think. Uh, we don't care what I think. Uh, we go by the Word of God, and we're going to be in Luke. We're going to be in several places, but I'm, I get to put it on the screen, unlike Pastor Greg, who worked really, really hard. We're going to be in that place, we're going to be in that place, and we're going to be in several places. So, uh, Luke chapter 11. And it's just where we are as a church. We've been quite a while working through the book of Luke, making our way through. We've been stuck for a while for all the right reasons in Luke chapter 11, looking at the Lord's Prayer, looking at what prayer means, and and, uh, we're going to be seeing that today. We're going to be seeing the things that Jesus teaches us about how he answers prayer and why he answers prayer the way that he does. Luke 11, we're going to be in verses 5 through 13 here in just a bit. Uh, Anybody use the the, um, curbside at HEB or Walmart? How's that gone for you? Does that work? Is it good? Bad? How many of you have always gotten 100% of what you ordered? Anybody gotten any weird stuff? Like some, like here's the, here's the thing with our local HEB and some of our local people will tell you this. You order, for me, you order bananas, they never can get bananas. I don't know why. So I, I'm the one that picks them up. In fact, tonight's my night to pick stuff up. My wife told me I'm, I've called ahead. I'm going to go to HEB. And so I go to, we have a church in Laguna Heights tonight, and I have finished the services, and I go by HEB, and we order bananas. Guess what? I can almost guarantee you there will not be bananas in there. I don't know what their problem with bananas is, but here's what I know. You can turn around and go inside, and there, there is bananas. So what is it about bananas that doesn't make it through? Well, I found out some interesting things. I've been mad at them, and I'm trying to get over it. But uh, here's the things that I found. There's a thing called Instacart, and that's a, primarily what you use when you go to Walmart, also H-E-B. You're actually talking to a machine. You're not talking to a person. The machine, have you noticed when you're on your phone typing stuff in, it does autocorrect, and it doesn't always correct what you want it to say? Anybody ever sent any bad words unintentionally? I have. 
sent them to several people in this room, I think, not meaning, meaning to. Because autocorrect, right? The crazy autocorrect. You know, it's the same system, more or less, that's correcting your orders to H-E-B and Walmart. Here's, here's some examples of things that have happened. Uh, uh, Raina uh, Barnes tells the story of her and her roommate were craving ice cream one night, and they wanted strawberry shortcake ice cream, and so they put an order into H-E-B, and then we went down there, I'm sorry, to Walmart, went down there, ordered several other things, got a couple of bags, you know, the attendant just comes out, I mean, that's his job, he's got to deliver it, so he t comes with a couple of bags, sets them inside the car, they're really happy because they don't care about the other stuff in the bags, they just simply want the strawberry shortcake ice cream, and they get back to their house, and guess what they find? No strawberry, strawberry ice cream, uh, shortcake ice cream. They got, in, in the place of it, sausage, egg, and cheese breakfast rolls. Why? Because it auto-corrected, and that's what you got. Here's some other examples. Things have been substituted. Roses have been substituted for bell peppers. That's not equal. I don't know how they get that. Uh, thermometers have been switched for mac and cheese. Uh, pregnancy test has been switched for COVID test. It's okay. He was negative. No worries. <laughs> no worries at all. So it all came out good. Switching stuff up, right? Have you ever got God, has God ever switched anything up on you? You made a request with God. God just always does exactly what you order, doesn't he? Does he work that way for you? He doesn't work that way for me. So if you've got a system, I want to know what it is. So many times I put in an order with God, and God doesn't doesn't give me exactly what I asked for. He always gives me something. But um, God seems to think he's God, interestingly enough. And he changes my order sometimes. And you understand that's not a supply chain issue, right? He doesn't have a supply. He's not a supply problem. It's a willingness problem, or I should say it's a problem for me. But here's one of the things you need to know, and one of the things I want you to marinate on here while we study together, is that when God makes a substitution in your life based upon what you've asked him, it's never a downgrade. It's never a lateral move. You don't get a, you know, a pregnancy test for a COVID test. That's sort of, sort of equal, isn't it? No, no, when, when God changes or substitutes your order, you need to understand it's always up. It's always an upgrade. He's always going up. How do I know that? Because one of the verses that's working, yay, look, Ephesians 3, 3.20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly Beyond all that we ask or think, you can't come up with it. So, so when you come to him with a request, and he wants you to, we're going to be seeing that, he wants you to come with crazy stuff, whatever's on your heart. If it bothers you, if, if it matters to you, it matters to him. That's the kind of God that we serve. He loves you. He knows that you don't know necessarily what to ask. He knows that you don't know what's best necessarily. But he wants you to bring those things. But he doesn't always give you a yes as far as the exact details of the things that you ordered. But if he doesn't say yes, he always upgrades. And here's how he upgrades. That's an incredible verse. And I want you to marinate on that. I want you to think about that because we're going to be considering Jesus' instructions in action and prayer as he promises uh, that when he substitutes... It's going to blow your mind. So let's take a look at it. Luke chapter 5. We've been together for a church now for three Sundays considering uh, this story. And, and so for some of my, for my church members, they're going to be more aware of it than you are. So I'm going to bring you a little bit up to speed, but we're going to be running through this pretty fast. So Jesus has just told us how to pray. That's what verses 1 through 4 are. And then in verses 5 through 13, he tells us what our action and attitude needs to be in prayer. So it's not just a matter of you say the right words. In fact, it never is. This is a relationship. 
trying to be a relationship, you're just going to say the right words every time, you can forget that. Relationships are dynamic. They're ongoing. They're emotional, right? God knows that. God does. So, so, so he tells us how to pray. He gives us the model prayer there, verses 1 through 4. And then he tells us their attitude in prayer. And watch the story. You know, this is a crazy story. Jesus tells it. This is a crazy situation. It's something you would never do or you better not do because you're going to get yourself less friends if you do. But Jesus says this. He says in verse 5, Suppose one of you shall have a friend. Anybody got a friend? Okay, if you want to keep your friends, don't do what this guy does. Jesus is telling a really weird story because he's trying to catch your attention, so I hope you're paying attention. Suppose one of you shall have a friend and shall go to him at midnight. Don't do that. Don't do that. It's not real life. Nobody would do this. Why? Because you would not have many friends if this is the way you operate it. Don't be weird like this. Jesus is telling, don't treat your friends like this, but treat, listen, treat God like this. It's incredibly important you get this. Don't treat your friends like this because your friends are selfish sinners, just like you. And so if you push them out of their comfort zone, you're going to find out how selfish and how sinful they actually are. On the other hand, God doesn't have a comfort zone that would be pushed out of, and he's not a sinner. He's not selfish. So, so this is in contradiction to the way God would operate, but watch what happens. So suppose one of you shall have a friend, you shall go to him at midnight. Don't do that. And he said, friend, live me three loaves. Now, just so you know, three loaves don't mean three, in Jesus' day, it doesn't mean three loaves the same way it does to you. Three loaves means something that Mrs. Baird's made, and they sell it at H-E-B, and it's sliced 25 different times. That's not what he's talking about. Anybody familiar with pita bread? You like pita bread? What is pita bread? Well, it's a glorified tortilla, right? It's kind of thick, but it's about that big. He's going to this guy at midnight, so they don't have any lights. They go to bed with the chickens. They go to bed at 7. He's been in bed for five hours of sleep, sleeping on the floor, wife, children, goes, chickens, ducks, everything in bed together, no lights inside the house, no Netflix to stay up and watch, no phone to keep him awake. He just goes to bed. He's been asleep for five hours. He comes and wakes him up. Is it okay to wake a friend up? No, it's okay to wake a friend up, but you better have a good reason if you want to keep your friends. There better be a good reason. It's not just, hey, can we talk? It's not just, hey, here's the story. Hey, do you have three tortillas I can borrow? What? You don't do that. Like I said, not if you want to keep your friends. Not if you want to keep your friends. This is a strange story. Nobody would do this. Jesus says, never, he's not saying treat your friends this way, but he is saying treat God this way. Incredibly important you get it. From inside he shall answer, do not bother me, of course. Well, I thought we were friends. Right? I thought you said come over any time and, and whatever I can do for you. Don't we say that? How many times have you said that to somebody? Anytime I can do something for you, just let me know. Anytime means what? A reasonable time, not at midnight. Some of you are great Christians, and the rest of you aren't, just like me. Not midnight, brother. Don't come to me at midnight unless it's important, unless the house is burning down. But don't come and ask me for three tortillas. Don't come and ask me for three tortillas. What is the matter with you? Again, you don't treat friends this way. This is not the way Jesus is saying treat friends. He's saying this is the way he wants you to treat God. Incredibly important that you get that. Three tortillas, do not bother me. The door's already been shut. My children are in bed. I cannot get up. They have, to, they have to make a fire. You can't throw a switch. 
turn on the light on your phone. He's got to stumble and step on all kinds of stuff. For three tortillas, he's mad. You can be sure. I tell you, verse 8, even though he will not, mark that carefully, get up. Give him anything because he is his friend. Because why? He's not his friend anymore. Because you don't do that. You don't treat your friend like that. Yet because of his persistence, that's a very important word, he will get up and give him as much as he needs, I say to you. Here's Jesus is shifting from the way you treat your friends. Don't do that to the way you treat God. Yes, do that. Ask who? God, and it will be given to you. Seek God, and it will be, you will find. Knock, right? If God goes to sleep on you, wake him up. He doesn't, guys. Wake him up. Interrupt him. Because why? For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, it shall be open. I mean, you consider this just the implications of this story are so profound. So, so what Jesus effectively says is, come with your stupid request. They can be as stupid. If it matters to you, this, this guy had a request of his friend that mattered only to him. Didn't matter to the friend inside the house. In fact, the friend wanted to be left alone. Didn't matter to the guy that was traveling. Because you think he can make it till in the morning without three tortillas. I'm thinking he's going to make it. Aren't you? Don't you think? I think he's going to make it. It only mattered to the man asking. And Jesus says that's all that you need to bring your request to God. If it matters to you, it matters to him. If it matters to you. So what's a good request? Does it matter to you? That's a good request. Does it bother you? Bring it to God. It doesn't have to be smart. It doesn't have to be theological. What's theological about three tortillas? Nothing. He's going to feel bad about it tomorrow. It's okay. Bring it to God. Your friends won't like to hear from you, but God would love to hear from you. Come and bring it persistently. Come and don't quit, he's saying. Don't give up. Keep knocking. Keep begging. Keep seeking. The most ridiculous stuff. We always want to pray some kind of theologically deep, uh, sound, mature prayer. God, is, that's great, by the way, if you can do that. Most of the time, though, the stuff that bothers you is not very profound. In fact, it's on the scale of things that really matter, it's sort of dumb. Isn't it? This is a dumb story, I should say, a great story. But a dumb person bringing a dumb request for the wrong reasons at the wrong time. Consider the greatness and of our God and the vastness of his kingdom, what will you bring to him that is anything other than trivial in comparison? Nothing. So you're going to sit around and wait till you have a good idea? You're not going to get one. You're not going to have one. Bring, if it's on your heart, it needs to come to God. And God's glad to have you. Tell me, child, how can I help you? Again, I'm, not telling, I'm telling you this story, but I'm just reading it from Jesus. Jesus creates this story to tell you to come stupidly, to come persistently, to come boldly, to tell him exactly what, what's on your heart. You don't treat friends like this. You see, that's the thing is we tend to think God is just like us because you know better than to go to a friend at midnight who's been asleep for five hours and asked for three tortillas. Didn't your mama teach you better than that? I do believe she did because you don't have any friends if this is the way you act because you have no consideration for what's going on in people's lives and that's not how you keep friends so so we, we but here's the problem 
we tend to think that God is just like us. See, and I don't go to my friends for three tortillas at midnight because I know that they're sinners. And sinners get mad at you. Sinners are selfish with their time. I mean, how selfish can you get? You just want to sleep all the time? I mean, come on. Isn't it important that you talk to me about three tortillas? I should be more considerate of that. God is not like that. God's not a sinner like you, me. God's not selfish like you, like me. If he, if he did sleep, Jesus is saying, wake him up. If he could be interrupted, Jesus says, interrupt him. Come plowing into his presence like you're a child, which is what you are. Like you don't know what you're talking about, which you do not. Like you don't know the kind of request that needs to be made because you don't. Like you don't know the right timing of anything because you don't. Come right in and God is like, I've been waiting for you. I love you. And I love all the little dumb stuff that you say. And the dumb things that run around between your ears because you're my child. Tell me. If it matters to you, it matters to me. God, God is, that's the way he treats us. He's not like us. Don't put, don't put your image upon God. In fact, we need God's image upon us, do we not? I read a story of, of uh, a president in our past, Thomas Jefferson. While he was president, he went riding with some of his friends because the president just did that. I mean, they went cross-country trip with about a dozen of his friends, and they were on horseback. And they came to a ford of a river, and typically it was this part of a river that they could actually ride across on horses, but the water was really high, and there was a guy standing on their side needing, couldn't swim. So he's hoping for some people to show up with horses or something to that effect so he could get across. And so he starts looking in the group of people. Of course, Thomas Jefferson doesn't have a president badge on or I don't know, a president suit, whatever that would be. He's just one of the regular, seemingly one of the regular guys on horseback. But out of the dozen or so men there on horseback, the man goes to Thomas Jefferson, not knowing he's the president, and says, will you let me ride on your horse when you cross the river? He's like, sure. So he gets on the cross, they cross the river, everybody gets across, they get on the other side, he gets off the horse, he thanks him, and uh, one of the guys who were riding with Thomas Jefferson says, you know who that is, right? He says, no, he's just a nice guy. He says, that's the president of the United States. The president of the United States, yes, this is Thomas Jefferson, you know, I don't know how he exactly said it. He said, why did you pick him instead of any of us? He says, he said, when I looked at all your faces, I got all these no's. No, 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 no. He says, but then this guy, I didn't know he was the president, had a yes on his face. He says, I needed a yes face. That's the reason why I picked him. He didn't, like I said, he didn't know he was the president. Listen, when you come to God, always you're getting a yes face. Understand that. Doesn't mean that God's going to give you exactly what you ask. He reserves the right to upgrade you. But you're always going to get a yes face. And if he does upgrade you, he may just upgrade you infinitely, as our verse tells us here. It may just be. So Jesus is going to pivot here from our attitude and actions to prayer to, to our attitude about the results. And the results are incredibly important. So, so a friend may not answer the door, especially at midnight because he's your friend, only because you're going to be persistent. But a father, on the other hand, this is the premise of, of what we're about to read, a father surely would answer a child, and that's the next mark that he makes here, verse 11. Now suppose, Luke 11, right, verse 11? Suppose one of your fathers is asked by his son for a fish. What would he do? He will not give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? The answer is, of course not. 
Or if he has asked for an egg, he will not give him a scorpion, will he? Of course not. If you then, oh, here's a big statement, being evil, how many evil people do we have here? Hey, you got some smart hands. The rest of you are going to learn. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now, there's a couple of things I want to break down here for you. The first one I want to break down here is the statement of being evil. So Jesus says, and we need to pause right here. This is incredibly important. Jesus says something that your mama never would. He calls you and me evil. Now, just to be real clear, it's not that we do evil things. Oh, you're a good person. You just do bad stuff. Okay, well, believe that all you want to, but I'm saying that's not what Jesus is saying. He doesn't say you're a good person who do, does bad stuff. He actually says you are, by nature, evil. Got that? Everybody clear on that? Everybody look at me? Well, wake up, I know it's a terrible thing to change the time on us as soon as we arrive here on, on spring break weekend. It happens every single year. You're going to make it. You're going to be good, I promise. But this statement that Jesus says here, notice he doesn't say that those who are doing evil, and says he says what, it's not about what they do. It's about what they are. It's a state of being. Jesus says that you and I are evil in our being. Now, that's not what you're going to hear from the televangelist, is it? He says you're awesome. Jesus says you ain't. He says you're good. Jesus says you're evil. Who do you believe? You've got to better decide. You've got to turn one off and turn the other one on. Can't do both of those because these guys don't agree. His audience, let's be reminded, who's he preaching to? He's not talking to the Pharisees. He's talking to the same group that he's been teaching how to pray and that they need to come boldly to the presence of God and they need to be persistent and they need to charge to the presence of God as a child of God because that's what they are. And, and they need to bring even the stupidest stuff that's on their heart that matters to no one else. And in fact, not only is there, are they welcome in the presence of God, God loves it when they do that. That same group is the group that Jesus is saying is evil. That's his disciples. That's you. And that's me. We need to be good with that. Jesus says you're evil. What are you? Yeah, that's what you are. Chew on it, settle on it, get it through your head, understand it, because I'm telling you, if you underestimate that sinful nature, it will bite you hard. It will tear your life up. It will destroy your future. As a Christian, it will wreck your future marriage or your current one. It will mess up your kids. It will send you to prison. It will end your life early. I'm talking to Christians. I'm not talking to lost people. Y'all, that's all true for lost people too. But it'll happen to you too. Don't underestimate it. You being evil, it's a state of being. And, and just so you know, it was, I mean, Jesus is consistent on this. Here's, here's, here's something that, part of the Lord's Prayer, right? It's part of it. Notice what he says here. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. That word evil one is actually a single word in the Greek. The same word that Jesus uses to describe you and me. You have the same nature as the evil 
one. You swallow hard. Oh, wake up. Here we go. We're all evil. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Not good. Paul, the writer of half your New Testament, says, I know that there is nothing good dwelling in me. So, so if that's true for Paul, but it ain't true for you, come on, take another sip of Red Bull, you're going to wake up. Come on, we're going to go with Jesus. Even though we love our mamas, we're not going to go with our mamas. She says you were awesome and sweet, but Jesus says you ain't because you ain't and you won't be. Don't underestimate it. Here's the way you underestimate it. You overestimate yourself. That's what pride is. It's overestimation of who you are. That's what arrogance is. That's what I'm going to use a very touchy phrase here. You're very, everybody ready? That's what self-esteem is. Self-esteem is not in the Bible. Actually, it is in the Bible. It's called evilness. It's called pride and arrogance. The first being to ever esteem himself was Satan. Don't be like him. Don't be like him. These people leading you down the road of self-esteem, they're lying to you. That's the devil's voice you're hearing. It's not the voice of Jesus because Jesus says that you have the nature of the evil one. Just deal with it. I'm not trying to make you sad. I'm just trying to bring us down to reality. Like I said, Red Bull, we got to wake up. Got to be clear-headed. The Red Bull of the Scriptures to bring us back to the reality because otherwise we get all off on ourselves. Uh, the original person who steamed himself was Satan. The way you want to do, opposite of Satan. Humble yourself, as Jesus says. Deny yourself. Say goodbye to yourself. Like I said, Jesus has called you into ministry. Just say goodbye to your agenda, to your plans, for your own sake. I'm just trying to help you. He's just trying to help. You don't want to be in charge of you because why? You're evil. <laughs> you want an evil person in charge of your life? Oh, oh no, he'll mess you up. Surrender yourself to him. Be filled with God. You cannot be full of God and full of yourself at the same time. Just a word to the wise. We really need to get into this last part because we need, holy cow, we are running late. Y'all are listening very slowly. We got to get to this point here. If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, verse 13, everybody with me? Come on. Know how to good gifts goes to your children. How much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I didn't ask for that. I was asking for three tortillas because that's what he said. So how do we get to the Holy Spirit thing? I mean, I mean I'm, you know, I, I'm an, I know enough the Bible to know the Holy Spirit's a good thing. I mean, okay, thank you. You know, I should be... I mean, I needed money for gas, Jesus, but you gave me the Holy Spirit. All right, I'm, I'm okay with that. But, you know, but, but, but I don't really understand. This has always been a verse that's bothered me and has troubled me for many years, and so I want to try to get you past maybe what I struggle with. And one of, one of my problems is, is he, like I said, he just told us to ask whatever was on our hearts. He just got through saying that. Even as dumb as lame as midnight with three tortillas, bring it, he says. If it bothers you, it bothers him. If it matters to you, it matters to him. But, but is he saying that I should have been all along asking for the Holy Spirit instead? I don't understand. And he just told me as the Lord's Prayer, one of the, one of the part of the prayer is, give us this day our daily bread. So did he not mean that? And that's very humbling. I'm asking for bread every day because Jesus told me to. And then he turns around and says, but if I ask for bread, he may just give me the Holy Spirit. What does he mean by that? 
He tells us in other place, if you ask a father for bread, will he give you a stone? Of course he will not. Of course not. So, so is that what I'm supposed to ask? We were trying to be mature here, right? Everybody trying to grow in Christ, be mature. Isn't that our goal? Grow up into the fullness of him who is the head over all, right? By the use of the spirits, the, the, the gifts of the spirit. So we're growing up into him, right? We're going to grow up into him. So is part of growing up in him means that every time I pray, I just need to say, give me the Holy Spirit. Is that what's being said? Well, first of all, it doesn't say that I'm supposed to ask for the Holy Spirit. It says ask whatever you want to, but he gives me the Holy Spirit. Incredibly important you get this. Hang on with me. So, so Lord, I really need a job to pay my bills, but I'm not going to be immature and ask for that. I'm going to ask for you to give me the Holy Spirit. Is that what he's saying? It's not what he's saying. Lord, I, I, I really need to, you to heal my friend, but I'm not going to be immature so I'm just going to ask for the Holy Spirit. Is that what he's saying? It's not what he's saying. Lord, I really want, here's one, you to end the war in Ukraine, but I'm not going to be immature. So I'm just going to ask for the Holy Spirit. Is that what he's saying? It's not what he's saying. So we're getting confused here. And Jesus is the one that seems to be confusing us. I mean, isn't, isn't, isn't it? Here's, here's another place. Matthew 7. Jesus says a similar thing. This is months before. Jesus says a similar thing that he says in this place, except he changes a few things here in, 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 in Luke. If you then, there it is again, of the nature of the evil one, he's doubling down on it. How many times has he got to say it for it to be true for you? Get it through your head. You with the nature of the evil one know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? That's not the Holy Spirit in there, is there? So where did the Holy Spirit get in this? Five or six months later, Jesus says the verse that he says here. So will, he not, will not your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask? I would rather just have good things. Because I, in my mind anyway, I just think I need the Holy Spirit when I go to church. I need the Holy Spirit when I'm having a Bible study. Man, that makes total sense. We're having prayer. I mean, we need the Holy Spirit for those things. But right now, Jesus, I just need some money for gas. How about you? But I'm not supposed to bring that request? No, that's not what he's saying. It's not at all what he's saying. This is not a narrowing of focus. So he says he's going to give us all good things, whatever it is. And then he turns around and says, I'm only going to give you the Holy Spirit. This isn't a narrowing. It's actually a broadening. Remember what I told you before? He's able to do far more than what you ask or think. Him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that you ask or think. You're going to bring to him three tortillas. He loves it when you bring those things to him. Whatever's on your heart, it matters to you, it matters to him. But he may not fill the order with three tortillas. He may give you, and he will never give you anything less than much more. Watch. Let me tell you how this works. So it doesn't actually say that we're supposed to ask the Holy Spirit. Instead, it says he will do whatever's on, we're to bring whatever on our heart, but God may respond with the Holy Spirit. Here, here, here think, think with me. Everybody follow me. Everybody track, and we're going to get done real quick because, goodness, look at the time. So, so you ask for comfort. Anybody ask for comfort recently? Anybody lost a loved one, went through a hard time? I, I just need your comfort in my life. I, that's a constant prayer for me. So you ask for comfort. What does he give you? He gives you the comforter. You see the difference? You see the difference? So, so, so I ask for comfort. Bring it, he says. He loves to hear from you. But what does it say? How much will my Father give you the Holy Spirit? 
to them who ask. Ask whatever! His answer, his biggest, best answer that's exceedingly abundantly far beyond anything you can ask or think is the Holy Spirit. You ask for comfort, he gives you the capital C, comforter. See the difference between giving you a fish and teaching you how to fish. See the difference? He knows what he's doing, doesn't he? You ask for the comfort, he gives you the comforter. You ask for help. I need help. He gives you the helper. You see the difference? It's way better, because if I just give you help, guess what? You're going to need help, you know, manana. And then the next manana, and then all the next week and everything else, you're going to need it constantly, but if I give you the helper, well, then I'm fixed you, haven't I? And isn't that what you ultimately need? So he doesn't know better for us. You ask for the help, he gives you the helper. You ask for the truth, he gives you the teacher of truth. You ask for wisdom, he gives you the spirit of wisdom. So much better. See, the Holy Spirit isn't just something you need for a prayer meeting and for a, for a Bible study. Holy Spirit is something you need for all of life. He's the provider of all those things. You ask for guidance. A lot of y'all need guidance, don't you? What you're going to do with your life? Who you're going to marry? Where you're going to go? What you're going to do next week? You ask for guidance from the Lord? He doesn't give you guidance. He gives you the guide. See the difference. He knows what he's doing. Oh boy. You ask for the fruit of the Spirit, he gives you the one that produces the fruit. You ask for the gift, he gives you the giver. You ask for the effect, he gives you the cause. You see the difference? Oh wow, is he smart. You ask for the product, he gives you the source. You ask for the money, he gives you the bank. Isn't that good? Doesn't he know what he's doing? Bring all your crazy requests to him. He loves it. Charge into his presence like you're his child because that is what you are, even though you're being evil. You charge into his presence because you know that he's your father and you know you can't interrupt him and you know you can't bring anything that's crazy that he'll be upset with and there's not a bad time for him. Just come in and tell me. And then let me upgrade you. In fact, how does he upgrade you? You being evil, what does it say? Come to him, you being evil, and God will give you what? Himself. Himself. Do you understand the distance between that which is by nature evil and that which by nature is holy? you understand the gap that Jesus bridged to reach us and bring us to himself? He doesn't just leave us by ourselves. He gives us himself, the presence of his spirit. So man, is he answering your prayers? Let me tell you. He is answering your prayers. He knows your needs before you ever ask them. In fact, he's going to upgrade you. He's not going to do this for that, a COVID test for a pregnancy test. No, he's going to give you far above and beyond you can imagine or you can think your little brain can't come up with. He's going to do that. Always trust him. Bring your stuff to him. I hope you're going to be doing that this week. We've been praying for you guys. We're so glad that you're here. We believe in the mission that you have here with your peers, with your friends. We believe in the work of God that he's going to be doing in your life. You're going to find out that God is, is working 100%, 360. He's not just working through you and people's lives. He's working in you as you minister, as you work. And so God's going to be doing great things through y'all this week. And as he does, in the little details, in the biggest issues, the most important and the least important things, Go to him. Go pray. 
he will hear you. Let's pray together. God, we thank you so much that you are a God who is not just approachable. You're not just available. You love for us to come into your presence. You love for us to bring our crazy, wild ideas and our super, um, super unique issues that only matter to us. You love for us to come in with absolute confidence that, that you can't be interrupted and that you love to hear us and that you take time specially for us and that you have all these issues and that you know them. And you love for us to know that there's many times you say yes. In fact, every time. But there's many times in which you upgrade us beyond what we can imagine, beyond what we can think, beyond how we planned it. God, we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, God. We pray for these kids. We ask, God, your, your great hand on them, that they would know uh, your great love for them. They would know how, how useful they are to you this week. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for visiting. Find us at www.islandbaptistchurch.org.